If you love the History Extra podcast, make sure you follow us to keep up to date and get all the latest episodes. Thanks for your support, and I do hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash History Extra. Just go to Indeed.com slash History Extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Listening to the History Extra podcast from BBC History Magazine. We're the UK's best selling history magazine, available in print and several digital formats all over the world. Find out more at historyextra.com forward slash subscribe or look out for us in your digital newsstand or app store. And welcome to the annual podcast Christmas Quiz. I'm Charlotte Hoho Hodgman, and joining me in the studio are our resident elves, Ellie Jinglebelly Cawthorn, Matt Elfton, Rachel Christmas Dinning, and Noelina Evans. This year's quiz has five rounds with six questions in each round. We'll start by reading out the questions for each round, and then we'll go back and read out all the answers. So if your pencils are at the ready, then we'll begin with round one, which is on Christmas presents. Question one. What did Sir Philip Sassoon send the owners of Mr and Mrs Andrews by Gainsborough every Christmas until his death? Was it A, a blank cheque, B, a demand for the painting's return, or C, a Christmas card with the painting on it? Question two. What did two of Harper Lee's friends give her for Christmas in 1956? Was it A, a year's supply of paper and ink, B, a year off, or C, a year's subscription to the New Yorker magazine. Question three. What did famed Victorian lifesaver Mark Addy give Ellen Doyle for Christmas in 1878? Was it A, a life-saving ring, B, her life, or C, his swimming costume? 
Question four. What did Astley Cooper send to anatomist Joseph Swan every Christmas in a hamper marked glass with care? Was it A, himself, B, a set of whiskey glasses, or C, a human body? Question five. Around 1911, a group of women in New York City formed the SPUG Club. What does SPUG stand for? Is it A, the Society for the Presentation of Useful Gifts, B, the Society for the Prevention of Useless Giving, or C, the Society for the Promotion of Unsparing Gratuities? Question six. Why did Michael Bond buy a teddy bear for Christmas in 1956? Was it A, because it looked lonely, B, he needed a model for a story he was thinking of writing, or C, he'd forgotten to buy his son a Christmas present and it was the only thing he could find. And now it's time for round two, which is on New Year. Question one. In Mexico, it's traditional to celebrate the New Year by A, eating enchiladas, B, eating grapes, or C, eating people. Number two. In Bulgaria, it's traditional to celebrate the New Year by A, dancing a hornpipe, B, jumping over a stile, or C, hitting yourself with a stick. Three. In Germany, what is eaten for luck on the New Year? Is it A, a marzipan pig, B, a chocolate cow, or C, a cheese reindeer? Four. In Italy, it's traditional to celebrate the New Year by A, wearing a green hat, B, wearing red pants, or C, wearing nothing. And number five, in the US, New York marks the arrival of the new year with the ball drop, where a ball located on the roof of one Times Square is lowered down a pole that is 130 feet high, reaching the roof of a building 60 seconds later to signal the start of the new year. What do they lower in Brasstown, North Carolina? A, a fridge, B, a live opossum, or C, an effigy of Elvis Presley? And number six, in Finland, it's traditional to celebrate the new year by A, climbing on church towers, B, jumping into frozen lakes, or C, dropping hot lead into a bucket of water. Round three is on Christmas cheer. Question one, which of these wouldn't you find on a traditional Christmas tree? Is it A, a snake, B, a union flag, or C, baubles? Question two. What was unusual about the Christmas tree of the man who invented Christmas tree lights? Was it A, that it played a tune, B, that it revolved, or C, that it caught fire? Question three. Which British Christmas tradition was invented by Tony Benn? Was it A, eating Tunis cake, B, Christmas stamps, or C, Christmas power cuts? Question four. What did Father Christmas do at the Council of Nicaea, other than sign the Nicene Creed? Was it A, that he got drunk and insulted the Pope, B, that he performed a miracle, or C, that he got into a fight with the heretic Arius? Question five. Robins on Christmas cards represent what? Is it A, Robins, B, Postman, or C, Poor Children? Question six. Who did 17th century pamphlets variously describe as a drunk criminal who fraternised with ladies of ill repute? Was it A, Father Christmas, B, James VI and First, or C, Oliver Cromwell? So round four is on Christmas Day in the morning. Question one. 25th of December is what day in Pakistan? Is it A, the birthday of Muhammad Ali Jinnah, B, 
Christmas Day, or C, an ordinary working day? Question two. Where did Richard I spend Christmas Day in 1192? Is it A, the Tower of London, B, Dernstein Castle, or C, Jerusalem? Question three. Which of these wasn't crowned on Christmas Day? Is it A, Alfred the Great, B, William the Conqueror, or C, Charlemagne? Question four. Where did James A. Lovell Jr. spend Christmas Day in 1968? Was it A. In bed, B. Crossing the Antarctic, or C. Orbiting the Moon? Question 5. Which of these events didn't happen on Christmas Day? A. Mikhail Gorbachev resigns as President of the USSR. B. Nikolai Ceausescu and his wife are condemned to death and executed, 1989. C. U.S. General Dwight D. Eisenhower is named Supreme Allied Commander for the Invasion of Normandy. Question 6. Where did the Mayflower Pilgrims spend Christmas Day in 1620? Was it A. Plymouth, England, B. Plymouth, Massachusetts, or C. On the Mayflower? And now for the fifth and final round, Eat, Drink and Be Merry. Which of these things didn't Antarctic explorer Frank Hurley put in his Christmas pudding in 1912? Was it A, brandy, B, biscuits, or C, methylated spirits? Question two. Christmas 1913 was the first time newspaper readers could do what? Was it A, read a 25th of December newspaper, B, do a crossword, or C, get a free Christmas tree with every issue? Question three. The inhabitants of Chumbavilcas province, near Cusco in Peru, do what on 25th of December? A. Ignore each other. B. Hug each other. Or C. Hit each other. Question 4. Which of these didn't have its premiere in the run-up to Christmas? A. The Snowman. B. The Nutcracker Ballet. Or C. Snow White. And question 5. 19th century Goose Club saving schemes generally gave subscribers what at Christmas? Was it A, a goose, B, a duck, or C, a bottle of gin? And question six, which of these Christmassy Latin names belongs to a species of Fijian snail? Was it A, Excelsis Deo, B, Christmas Tree, or C, Bar Humbuggy? This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash History Extra. Just go to Indeed.com slash History Extra right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We don't always realize just how much our negative thoughts and experiences stick with us and weigh us down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mum does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest, whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. 
That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapists anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash history extra today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash history extra. Okay, so that was the end of the questions. Um, We'll now go back through and read out the answers. So for round one, the first question was, what did Sir Philip Sassoon send the owners of Mr and Mrs Andrews by Gainsborough every Christmas until his death? The answer was A, a blank cheque. The double portrait of Mr and Mrs Andrews by Gainsborough was so loved by the politician and art collector Sir Philip Sassoon that he sent the sitter's descendants a blank cheque every Christmas in the hope that they could be persuaded to sell it. They refused and only did so after his death. Question two, what did two of Harper Lee's friends give her for Christmas in 1956? The answer was B, they gave her the year off. For Christmas 1956, Nell Harper Lee, better known as Harper Lee, received a short note from two friends which read... You have one year off from your job to write whatever you please. Merry Christmas. In close was the promise of a year's wages, which Lee could only accept on condition that she gave up work and write for a year. She accepted. Over the next year, she wrote the novel that became To Kill a Mockingbird. Question three was, what did famed Victorian lifesaver Mark Addy give Ellen Doyle for Christmas in 1878? The answer was B, her life. Famed Victorian lifesaver Mark Addy gave Ellen Doyle her life for Christmas. The only problem was she had been trying to drown herself, so when Addy plunged into the river Irwell and dragged her out on Christmas Day 1878, she was furious. Question four was what did Ashley Cooper send to anatomist Joseph Swan every Christmas in a hamper marked glass with care? The answer was C, a human body. Every Christmas, Joseph Swan received a large hamper marked glass with care from surgeon Astley Cooper, which actually contained a human cadaver. Working in Lincoln, anatomist Swan found it hard to procure enough human cadavers for his work, so his London-based friend, Astley Cooper, used to send him one as a Christmas present each year. Question five was... In around 1911, a group of women in New York City formed the SPUG Club. We wanted to know, what does SPUG stand for? The answer was B, the Society for the Prevention of Useless Giving. In around 1911, a few dozen women in New York City formed the Society for the Prevention of Useless Giving, otherwise known as SPUG. Their main bugbear was the era's custom of employees giving gifts to bosses and higher-ups in exchange for work favours. The Spug Club was founded by Eleanor Robson Belmont, an actress, and Anne Morgan, the daughter of J.P. Morgan, one of the richest men who ever lived. The Spugs disbanded as World War I broke out. And question six was, why did Michael Bond buy a teddy bear for Christmas in 1956? The answer was A, it looked lonely. Michael Bond bought the bear he would later christen Paddington on Christmas Eve 1956 because it looked lonely and he felt sorry for it. And now on to the answers for round two. So number one, in Mexico, it's traditional to celebrate New Year by... And the answer is B, eating grapes. Mexicans traditionally celebrate New Year's Eve by eating one grape with each of the 12 chimes of a clock during the midnight countdown while making a wish with each one. For number two, we asked you what it's traditional to celebrate the New Year by in Bulgaria. And the answer was C, hitting yourself with a stick. 
The Bulgarian tradition of server cane encourages people to hit themselves on the back with braided and decorated cherry branches called server knitsi on the morning of January the 1st for look in the new year ahead. Children traditionally go from house to house offering to hit the occupants on the backs for them and in return are rewarded with small cakes, nuts and dried fruits. Number three. In Germany, what is eaten for luck on the new year? And the answer is A, a marzipan pig. Germans traditionally give each other a Glücksbringer, a bringer of luck, on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Among the most popular of all Glücksbringers is a Glücksschwein, a lucky pig. Number four. In Italy, it's traditional to celebrate the new year by B, wearing red pants. Wearing red underwear for the new year is considered to bring good fortune in the coming year. The underwear should be new and bought for you as a gift, not bought by yourself. So in number five, in New York, there's a very elaborate ball drop ceremony. But what do they drop in Brasstown, North Carolina? And the answer is B, a live opossum. In Brasstown, a live opossum is lowered in a box at midnight on New Year's Eve. And finally, number six, in Finland, it's traditional to celebrate the new year by C, dropping hot lead into a bucket of water. According to tradition, molybdansi, tin, that's actually lead, is melted and thrown into a bucket of cold water. The shape of the resulting blob of metal is believed by some to give clues as to what the new year might bring. And now on to the answers for round three. Question one was, which of these would you not find on a traditional Christmas tree? The answer was C, baubles. Baubles originated in Germany, where they were spotted by F.W. Woolworth, who started importing them to the United States. There they began to replace traditional apples on the Christmas tree. Christmas trees derive from European medieval paradise plays, which feature a paradise baum, representing the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden. This had apples and a snake on them. In 19th century Britain, Christmas was promoted at a time to remind the empire of the ties that bind them to their mother country. As such, the only proper topping for the tree was the Union flag. Question two, what was unusual about the inventor of the Christmas tree light's own Christmas tree? The answer was B, it revolved. Edward Hibbard Johnson invented electric Christmas tree lights in 1882. His first tree not only lit up, but revolved six times a minute. Question three, which British Christmas tradition was invented by Tony Benn? The answer was B, Christmas stamps. In 1966, Postmaster General Tony Benn launched a competition, jointly run by Blue Peter on BBC TV and the Post Office, to design Britain's first Christmas stamp. Question four was, what did Father Christmas do at the Council of Nicaea? The answer was C, he got into a fight with the heretic Arius. St Nicholas, a.k.a. Father Christmas, was invited by the Emperor Constantine to attend the Council of Nicaea in 325, an attempt to unify Christian doctrine. Its main accomplishment was the Nicene Creed. According to the hagiography of Nicholas, Bishop of Myrna, aside from signing the creed, he also got so cross with Arius that they got into a fight and Nicholas punched him in the face. Arius was exiled. Question five, what do Robins on Christmas cards represent? The answer was C, poor children. It's a common misconception that Robins on cards represent postmen because Anthony Trollope, who worked for the post office, had a postman called Robin in one of his books in 1860. 
During the 19th century, it became common to refer to destitute children as poor Robins, and Robins became one of the more popular images to appear where the Christmas card became commercially successful in the 1860s. At first comic, the depictions became sentimental in the 1870s, and in the 1880s, there was a fashion for cards showing dead Robins, accompanied by morbid and sentimental texts. And finally, in this round, question six, who did 17th century pamphlets variously describe as a drunk criminal who fraternised with ladies of ill repute? The answer is A, Father Christmas. Father Christmas first turns up in English literature in January 1646 in the satire The Arraignment, Conviction and Imprisoning of Christmas, which claimed to have been printed by Simon Mince Pie for Sicily Plum Pottage. It says that since the Civil War, Father Christmas is much wasted since the Catholic liquor is taken from him. The piece also notes that, despite this, wanton women dote after him. These are the answers for round four, Christmas Day in the morning. Question one was, 25th December is what day in Pakistan? And the answer was A, the birthday of Muhammad Ali Jinnah. 25th of December was the birthday of Muhammad Ali Jinnah, founder of Pakistan, and is celebrated there as a holiday. Question two was, where did Richard I spend Christmas Day 1192? And the answer was B, Dernstein Castle. On his way home through the territory of his brother-in-law, Henry the Lion, Richard was captured shortly before Christmas 1192 near Vienna by Leopold V, Duke of Austria, who accused Richard of arranging the murder of his cousin, Conrad of Montferrat. Duke Leopold kept him prisoner at Dernstein Castle that Christmas. Question three was, which of these wasn't crowned on Christmas Day? And the answer was A, Alfred the Great. Charlemagne was crowned Holy Roman Emperor by Pope Leo III on Christmas Day, 800 AD. William the Conqueror was crowned King of England on Christmas Day, 1066. And there is no surviving record of Alfred the Great's coronation. Question four was, where did James A. Lovell Jr. spend Christmas Day, 1968? And the answer was, C, orbiting the moon. As command module pilot on Apollo 8, Jim Lovell navigated the first ever manned spacecraft to leave Earth's orbit around the moon on Christmas Eve 1968, making 10 orbits before leaving on Christmas Day. Question 5 was which of these events didn't happen on Christmas Day? And the answer was C. US General Dwight D. Eisenhower is named Supreme Allied Commander for the invasion of Normandy. Mikhail Gorbachev resigned as president of the USSR on the 25th of December 1991. Nikolai Ceausescu and his wife were executed on the 25th of December 1989. But General Dwight D. Eisenhower was named Supreme Allied Commander on Christmas Eve 1943. And finally, question six, where did the Mayflower pilgrims spend Christmas Day in 1620? The answer was C, on the Mayflower. Having arrived in the New World in November 1620, an outbreak of disease which killed half the crew and colonists kept the pilgrims on board the Mayflower until early 1621, when the first settlement at Plymouth was begun. And finally, the answers for round five, eat, drink and be merry. Question one was which of these things didn't Antarctic explorer Frank Hurley put in his Christmas pudding in 1912? The answer was A, brandy. 
at Christmas 1912, Antarctic explorer James Francis, or Frank Hurley, the photographer on Ernest Shackleton's Imperial Transantarctic Expedition, was on his way back from the South Pole and decided to make himself a festive Christmas pudding. He had to use what he had to hand, so he made his plum pudding by grating three biscuits with a saw, adding sugar and seven raisins flavoured with meths, mixing them with snow and boiling them in an old sock over his primus stove. Question two. Christmas 1913 was the first time newspaper readers could do what? The answer was B, do a crossword. For Christmas 1913, the New York World published Arthur Wynne's Word Cross, the first ever newspaper crossword puzzle. Question three. Was the inhabitants of Chumbivilcas province near Cusco in Peru do what on 25th of December? The answer was C. They hit each other. Takanakui, which combines the Quechua words takai, meaning fight, and nakui, meaning mutual, is an annual practice of fighting fellow community members held on 25th of December. The festival consists of dancing and of individuals fighting each other to settle old conflicts or simply to display their manhood. Question four was which of these didn't have its premiere in the run-up to Christmas? And the answer was A, The Snowman. The Nutcracker Ballet premiered 18th of December 1892, Snow White on 21st of December 1937, but The Snowman premiered on Boxing Day 1982. Question five, in the 19th century, Goose Club saving schemes generally gave subscribers what at Christmas? The answer was C, a bottle of gin. The Goose Club was a controversial type of 19th century Christmas club, generally run by publicans. Most members, whilst nominally saving for a goose, received a bottle of gin instead. Some received nothing at all. And finally, question six. Which of these Christmassy Latin names belongs to a species of Fijian snail? The answer was C, bar humbuggy. The Fijian snail is named after Scrooge's famous exclamation in A Christmas Carol, though Scrooge only utters the words bah humbug twice in the whole story, though he exclaims humbug a number of times. So that's all for this year's festive quiz, which was set by Justin Pollard, one of the writers for QI. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on the 28th of December for our final podcast of the year, when historian David Stevenson will be discussing the World War I Battle of Passchendaele. Until then, we wish all our listeners a very happy Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas! Thanks for listening to this History Extra podcast, which was produced by Jack Fletcher. Do let us know what you think about this episode by emailing podcast at historyextra.com and we might read out your messages in future editions. Alternatively, why not keep in touch via Twitter or Facebook, where you'll find us at History Extra. For more great history content, Don't forget to visit our website, historyextra.com, which is full of history articles, quizzes, image galleries and more. Plus, it's where you can download hundreds of previous episodes of this podcast. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.